I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, I'm John Holmes. It's the The One Show Show, the podcast that picks its own fruit from the bountiful one show tree and then brings it to you, only to realise it's all rotten and has made the basket go mouldy. This is part two of this week's episode. so if you haven't already, why not go back and listen to part one? With me, I'm Mark Haynes and Larry and Paul. How did you feel about uh, Ronan Keating popping up in in the guise of dad of son who's gone into the Love Island villa? How is it to watch him on the telly? You must be a bag of nerves. I'm a mess. I'm an absolute mess. Um, now, I'll be honest, I don't watch Love Island, anything about Love Island at all. So it was, but yeah, this is apparently because it's Shagfest or whatever. And Michael Owen's daughter, who yeah. Jermaine said he's a friend of, yeah. right, is in there and was flirting with Roman's. Ronan Keating's son. I mean, Ronan said he was a mess. This whole thing was a mess. I didn't know what was going on. All I was thinking was, it it was sort of saying, I wish wish him the best. You know, he's in the house now. I'm his dad. I've got to watch it. He's got a good heart. And all I was thinking was, right, your son is now going to be balls deep in Michael Owen's daughter, because that's the premise of the show, singing, my cock is a roller coaster. You've just got to ride it. And that's all I was thinking. (laughs) Yeah, that whole section smelled of them really enjoying the smell of their own farts. Mm. They were all just sitting around going, "Mm." <laughs> and as a viewer, I was that's I was, Love Island. I was, I, was, <laughs> I, was, I was left cold by that whole section. But you know, Jack is a lovely boy. I've met him. He has got a massive heart. He's a lovely boy. But you must, as a dad, have reservations. Did you try and talk him out of it at all? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on you know the kids today they don't listen to us even if we did try and talk them out of it <laughs> i was fascinated by his pre-show ritual of marmalade and lemon uh behind uh, ronan on the desk as he was about to go on stage if, if only alex, alex knew about that yeah, she yeah, yeah. Fine. there was a bit that i really thought backfired on them which is that ronan sort of jokingly said when his son went on he, he told everyone in love island that his dad was retired and yeah. ronan said no you know i'm doing the one show and i'm playing in york and, and as he was saying it, you could see him sort of going, ah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, look, he did all right. He did okay. I mean, he did drop the line that I, I was retired, which I was he a did. bit shocked. Um, yeah, <laughs> he fell off my chair. What? I'm doing the one show next week. Yeah. I'm back on the one show. I'm uh, I'm in York tonight. Yeah. Uh, I'm not retired yet. No, you're definitely not retired. I think I am retired. I'm retired. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, yeah. I don't think this is actual work. I think this is awful. <laughs> I thought there was a crossing of the street as well i think i think there are some things that like oddly you sort of go that doesn't fit on the one show and a conversation on any level about love island 
the one show has always been a weirdly sex-free zone. Yeah. And people don't even talk about, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. It's like a finishing school or a sort of boarding school from the 50s. And the sheer mention of Love Island on there was really, really queasy. It just a real bad. Yeah, because they had to they had to tap dance around the whole. Oh, look what's going on! There was, was a little bit of innuendo, yeah. but but only because you can't describe it without it. Because yeah, everyone yeah. watching it knows yeah. what goes on. So yeah, it was really awkward, really really odd. Ronan's in good shape though, isn't he? Ronan's in good shape for a man his age. I thought he looked like a budget Pierce Brosnan. Like if you'd ordered Pierce Brosnan from Wish and you got that. <laughs> that seems harsh. It's true. Yeah. He, was, he was fairly jovial about his son going into a programme that is famously deeply damaging to everyone's mental health. Yeah, <laughs> wasn't he? Wasn't he? I think, it's, I think it's also a shame, really, to see working class young men's jobs being taken by the offspring of celebrities. <laughs> this used to be the only way that working class lads could have a good holiday, get paid and develop crippling mental problems it's just sad to see that you know entitled people coming in and taking that matt can we talk about matt all right and the robot please yeah because uh, this is this was a, a nice departure from matt uh, who uh, normally presents the watchdog element of the program occasionally gets to go and do a, a film but this one was the story of nobody working in <laughs> hospitality due to the pandemic and brexit and so he went to a pub This is Bella, who might just be the answer to a big issue facing the entire hospitality industry, including, just maybe, this place. The Red Lion, here in Hawkshaw near Bolton, is a very busy pub. It's got an all-day restaurant and a fantastic reputation. But it also has a bit of a problem. Where, but I noticed, by the way, they filmed him at his behest, I'm sure, having only a coffee. I noticed the coffee. Um, I noticed the coffee and I thought to myself, yeah. who goes to the pub and has a coffee? I'll tell you who goes to that pub and has a coffee. People with drink problems. <laughs> 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 when what? there are cameras around. Oh, yeah, I just have yeah. a coffee. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was wondering, because obviously, I mean, it, watching him present was like a was like my eyes were opened it was like full bandwidth this is how people present programs isn't it who know how to do it mm. um but i was wondering has, has he done something to be relegated to such a position because i'm sure he used to be a mainstay and now he's doing shit about irrelevant robots allow me to introduce you to my two new robotic waiting friends here we have bella and this is hola i'm gonna see how they work in the kitchen while rick gets the experience of being served by them how does that sound but what was odd? They, they set it up that there was going to be a robot working in a pub. That was yes. how we were, what we led to believe what was going on. Here we are at the Red Lion near Bolton. These robots are coming in. They're called Hola and Bella, and they're going to be taking on all of the work in the pub. And no, they're not. It turned <laughs> out that the man from the pub was utterly disinterested and was only made to go and ex- sit on his own in a restaurant yeah. with a yeah. sandwich. On his own. Some sort no, of sandwich. No, he was eating like bento boxes like, or steamed dumplings. It was dim sum. <laughs> dim sum, sorry. Dim, dim sum. But yeah, what I didn't understand about that, it's like going to like a, I don't know, like a lactose intolerant restaurant and going, oh, there's, oh, we've got real problems with lactose free cheese. Oh, God. Well, how's it? Have you tried cheese? Actual <laughs> cheese? Like, no, because it just wouldn't fucking work. Take those robots and put them into your pub. Yeah. What would happen? Would it work? No. The, the, the big thing that they were saying is they were like, you'd spend 10 grand and, you know, you'll be able to order at your table. Now, I've been into countless pubs where you have to order off your phone. You do the QR code and you sit there and you do the menu and it goes to the kitchen and they bring it out. And I was thinking, well, 
you don't need a robot to do that because we've all got the apparatus to do it. So yeah. the robot people have really backed the wrong fucking horse on this with their 10 grand robots. There were lots of things they were saying. They were saying like robots don't call in sick. You don't have the robots calling in sick. So in the long term, yeah, the, the benefit would be there. Famously, electronic things never go wrong. Never, never, <laughs> go, wrong. never go wrong. Never go wrong. I like the bit at the end where Matt is like, well, you know, this is something, isn't it? And the guy at the pub was very clear that it wouldn't work in any way. He had steps. He said people wouldn't like it. I mean, it was just a disaster from start to finish. You give the robot seven minutes before it was kicked the absolute shit out of down the <laughs> yeah. red line, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But at the end, they showed Matt walking off with one of the robots and making really awkward small talk with it. And yeah. he was sort of just going, um, so, uh, do you have a, have a nice day and everything? And the robot wasn't responding, they were walking. Do you enjoy working at the restaurant? What's that, what's that like? Do you follow sport at all? You, you a football fan? I did get in contact with Matt afterwards. I asked him how it went. He said brilliantly. They ended up having sex, and um, I don't want to don't want to jump the gun or anything. But I think they're in a relationship. Yeah, oh, that's, bless. that's, good, oh, that's, that's really a good. beautiful ending to that story, isn't yeah, it? That's yeah, always yeah. as heartwarming as the story of Churchill the dog, isn't it? Again, and it <laughs> yeah. Because so, Matt Allwright has also got rabies, I understand as well. So that, that so is there going to be some like sort of cyborg hybrid? Mechanized Matt Allwrights on the horizon. Mechanized yeah. watchdog present. Yeah, uh, I, I believe the Doctor Who showrunner is actually going to buy them because it's cheaper than doing makeup. They're going to actually use the Matt Allwright robot children, and they oh, will wow. be the villains coming up. That is how they got into the film, wasn't it? As well at the beginning of the, the show when they said what was coming up. You know that tenuous link uh, they make between guests. They had a picture of of a Dalek. Mm. To go, Russell T. Davis is joining us, and Matt Allwright's going to be fucking this robot later. <laughs> <laughs> like a sort of 75-year-old series producer just going, oh, we got the guy on from Doctor Who. We got any videos about robots? <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Who with the robots and the mummies. You got a mummy video? <laughs> you know, <it's> <laughs> not really understanding what it was. My favourite part of that, they backreft it because they were so pleased with the idea that uh, Russell T. Davis would be like absolutely creatively wowed by the existence of a food robot. That he went, well, I could make a Doctor Who story out of that. You know, yes, maybe it throws the, the plates and it takes people's heads off. Um, now, Russell, that was an interesting film. Robots as waiters. I could do that. I could do that as a Doctor Who story. You could. They turn into assassins, decapitations with a silver tray. I mean, How it's right that? in itself well, for you. <laughs> and Alex said... <laughs> no. <laughs> You had a good idea, Jermaine. <laughs> Jermaine's, Jermaine's idea, after all that, was that you could steal other people's food. But you had a good idea, actually. If you saw somebody else's food that you fancied, you'd just whip it off when it oh. was... Passing by little, the table. It'd be hard if a cheeky dessert came just strolling by. Nice. Just the temptation. <laughs> <laughs> but, not, but not just food, Mark. Specifically puddings. <laughs> Six times one hour. BBC. Uh, he's, a new, he's a new staff writer on Doctor was, Who. <laughs> it was like Alex was a pushy mum. You could you could take a pudding off. But you could. Well done, Jermaine, you clever little boy, you. <laughs> what about you scrap the Jodie Whittaker farewell episode? Now you've heard Jermaine's idea. <laughs> Jodie Whittaker could come in, she could steal someone's pudding off. <laughs> oh, God. 
Oh, this, was the, about this was the flirt time as well. This was when uh, Russell was um, was really going after Jermaine, wasn't he? Really sort of take, saying, well, you're beautiful, man. And, and then he got flutter of those eyelashes and all this stuff at him. Is there some kind of like secret code behind this uh, move from Ryan Gosling? That you Let tell me tell about? you, Jermaine, you're a beautiful man. If Ryan Gosling <laughs> was in Doctor Who, I wouldn't be sitting here. It was a, it was a very, very odd moment. And then cutting story. the camera, then when Jermaine started talking, the camera st- cut back to Russell T. Davis, and he was just sort of nodding his head in a lustful fashion. It was a really strange... <laughs> it is really strange, because, again, if, if, if it was a, a, a straight white showrunner doing it to a female host on the one show, yeah. it would be completely unacceptable. And I do look at that, and I sort of go, that is one of those things that you need to slightly clamp down on. Someone should just run in and just throw a bucket of cold water over Russell T. Davis. <laughs> and we just say, we don't do this anymore. We do yeah. not do it anymore. It was very creepy. Look yeah. look how uncomfortable we were discussing Natalie Portman's awful fashion dress, right? <laughs> <laughs> we certainly wouldn't be sitting there objectifying her. And I think, Jesus Christ, the fact that that still goes on is bananas. But Russell T. Davis, you were right, though. He he played, he didn't just sit there watching things. He did attempt to join in with many of the conversations. So yeah. when they, they had Jenny Angerton on talking about the return of the railway children, this new uh, film where she plays a granny, a grown-up Bobby from the original film. And um, apart from that, that, Alex did say um, the secret to the railway children. Then she did ask her, what was that like? Being back on the station, a classic one-show question. So what was it like then to be... Yeah. To be okay. back at the station all it, this all these years later. Yeah, um, <laughs> and then she talked about the train driver. Then they talked about how the tra- the original train driver from the Railway Children was also there with Jenny Agatha to film the sequel. But his daughter, who wasn't even born at the time, says Jenny, was there driving the train. And then she said, "That just shows you what time does." <laughs> <laughs> what, what I love was standing on that platform and the gentleman that you just saw driving the train. Then um, Nick um, Halliwell. Halliwell and his daughter Fran. He was he drove the train in Lionel's film, fifteen years ago. So we were able to talk about that. And then he said, "And I must introduce you to my daughter. She's the first um, engine driver, woman's engine driver on these steam trains." And of course, she wasn't born when we did the railway children. (laughs) It just shows you what time does. Yeah. (laughs) To Russell T. Davis, who's in charge of the Time Lord. So now he's got the pudding robots. An, yeah. an explanation of how time works, all from the one programme. What a lucky man he is. <laughs> he just goes on that for the ideas. Writes yeah. itself. Yeah. He, he also had the slightly awkward thing, which is, which is sort of, again, so unfair, which is people like Jenny Agatha sort of going, I'd love to be in Doctor Who, by the way. Great that you're sitting here. Let me do my pitch here and let's keep on going on about it. Well, we've said it on telly now, it's so happen, that means yeah. it has to happen. Apparently. Doctor Who? Yeah, um, space. <laughs> Why have you never been in Doctor Who? That's the great crime. Come on. Love They'll to. make it happen. Oh, right, really? Yeah. Okay. Right, yeah, here no, we no. go. And then Alex and Jermaine jumping in, just going, look, you've got Jenny Agatha's going to be on the next series now. And I just, I think that's all really unprofessional and really creepy. Hello, this is Camilla Parker-Bowles, just here to tell you that if you're enjoying Larry and Paul on this podcast, why not watch all of their sketches at youtube.com slash Larry and Paul. I've got to go now. Charles has asked for a hot egg. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. 
Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Jenny Agatha has been around for a long time, but she still hasn't quite mastered being able to tell us what the Railway Children 2 is about, has she? Oh. Well, bring us up to speed. Where, where's Bobby now? Bobby is now, she's, um, she's, she's now grandmother. Well, you know, like I am too. I think <laughs> there's something rather lovely about seeing things and coming back to them and revisiting them at different times in your life. And, and I can see the differences in my life. And I can also, it works very well in the story that she, I'm there, I'm only there briefly. I'm handing the baton on basically to um, Bo Gadson, who's the kind of Bobby character. Yeah. And um, uh, uh, Sheridan Smith is my daughter in it and Tom Courtney's in it. And, and I play a role which really is just there to bring the past to 1944. And, and as I said, I think there's something interesting about playing with the ideas of, of a story that's written pre-First World War and the Second World War. And Bobby has been... She had to grow... I had to find out what she had done during that time because, you know, we had to make yeah. her life real yeah. for this other story. And is it like suffragette. You... And because oh, yeah. you developed the backstory with them, did yeah, you? Yeah, I just said it was... It, the, the story was there and there wasn't a great deal of involvement, but I had to know what her life was. Yeah. And we talked about, you know, she would have been very active and have, would have been involved in that feminist, the, the, the women's vote, yeah. and uh, social uh, things that were happening and looking after families. And she's That was <laughs> all over the place. Clueless. Yeah. Something about suffragettes. It, suffragettes came up, World War One, World War Two. Yeah. yeah. A female steam train driver. Fine. Uh, that was it. Can I yeah. be in your show? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what they, what they, this is perhaps part of the whole spoiler thing that they don't want to give away, because even though they sort of told us about the Marvel film, they didn't want to tell us about something that happened in the original Railway Children, which came out in 1970. <laughs> so there was a question there about the end credit. Russell T. Davies said, said, said uh, I saw the original, but the end, the end credits, it's got the best end credits. He's saying that with a Marvel couple of actresses on the chair who are famously in films that have amazing end credit sequences, right? And yeah. he said, well, we'll just leave it there, says Jermaine. Wonderful film. Yeah. Next time you watch it, stay to the end credits. It's got the best end credits of any film ever. It's really? really? Oh, give it a, you've got to watch it now. Okay, yeah. 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 It's brilliant. Oh, I want to ask you why, but I think we'll leave it. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Honestly, a surprise, it's a nice surprise it? at the end, isn't nice. it? It's beautifully done. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
1970. I don't remember the end credits of the Railway. I do, I do. Actually, I think you find um, Samuel Jackson turns up his first appearance as Nick Fury <laughs> and recruits <laughs> the Railway as the original Avengers. <laughs> I do look at this, and again, the fact that we're supposed to be excited about the Railway Children too. I'm 46, and the Railway Children is before me. I don't think I've ever really seen it. I know it's a classic. Yeah. I know it's it's t- tiresome to go. Well, I've not seen it, so why do you care? But who is clamouring? For the Railway Children 2 to be made. <laughs> you know, Jimmy Agatha's want... agent. <laughs> yes, that's true. I think perhaps we need to look at the state of the country and ask that question again. I think we know who are clamouring. Yes. And it's the same, there's a, there's a Venn diagram. I always found, even when I was a kid, and, and the, the Railway Children was relatively new, stroke 10 years old i found then it was something from just an impossibly distant past and now i mean they might as well be bringing back something from 1812 and going well (laughs) you know finally we've got a i'm about to say a sequel to the franco-prussian war i don't know (laughs) (laughs) there was an overture of sorts perhaps they could bring that back (laughs) oh yes that would have been better bullshit Uh, there was a a great exchange that went on for too long but it boiled down between this between jenny and alex and it boiled down to this alex jenny you're going to direct films Jenny Agatha, no, I'd just like to. (laughs) (laughs) And we were talking just before we came on air about birthdays and Jenny, you've got a big birthday coming up, but you're actually also going to do your debut as a director. Well, it's not actually set yet. I mean, I I just, I'd like to get behind, I'm very slow with doing things, but I've always loved the idea of being behind the... The, the, yeah. the camera, really. <laughs> well, yeah. Perhaps Russell there's a director for the new series. You've just got an idea for a film, haven't you, <laughs> Sandwich stealing robot. Well done, Jermaine. Robot to steal sandwiches. The, uh, the railway children steal a pudding. Oh, they, they, <laughs> he is good. He is good. <laughs> I, I was very taken as well with when they brought on uh, the, the inspiration behind uh, the uh, Russell T. Davis drama It's a Sin, yeah. um, who was uh, Jill Nalder, her name was. Mm-hmm. I, I always like to see people who have done nice things in their life, you know, getting a, a moment in the sun and, you know, being celebrated for just being decent. I, I love the fact that Jermaine pronounced the, the, the TV series It's a Sin he really hits the word sin, which makes it sound like he doesn't agree with it being made. So he would call it. So, I said, so you made it to sin. <laughs> it's a sin. It would have been better, he's thinking, if, if some gays stole puddings. That would make it fun. Robot gays. <laughs> Robo gays stole puddings. It's like, is there any way we can... You know that woman who's coming on to talk about the gays? Can we destroy her microphone feed yes. with something? I'm so deeply religious <laughs> that I don't want her audio to be broadcast in any way, shape or form. So can the person who pins her microphone, lapel microphone, do it, put it right next to the really fucking loads of beads she's got on? Yeah, yeah. in, in yeah. fairness to the guy who did the mic there was absolutely no way he could have foreseen that three massive chunky clanky <laughs> necklaces might have ended up interacting and entirely ruining the interview so i spent an awful lot of time trying to find trace people not my nearest and dearest not my closest friends families because i knew exactly where they were but just yeah. other people yeah. that you mention and other people you talk about and so i i wanted to make sure that I mean, to my knowledge, I've contacted everybody and everybody is absolutely fine. But there were people that said no. But, but yeah. we, we talk about this like it's the first time it happened. 
Whereas if you cast back to merely a day previous, <laughs> on the sofa was sat Omar Lafouk with massive fucking necklaces on, and pretty much the same thing was happening. Yeah, well, well I see if they, mess, in there. if they mess with him, I think he, you know, he'll bring out the bad side. He's going to hold so his own. For now, he's just going to hold it down. Mark watched this episode before me, and he messaged me last night to say, you've got to listen to the clanking of the necklace. Oh, it was uh, magic. Now, and I, but he gave me no more information than that. So when I sat down to watch it, uh, we got to the bit with the Ukrainian garden in Hampton Court, where a woman was wearing a massive necklace with a microphone attached to it. And I thought, oh, here we go. Uh, and that necklace was relatively silent. So it can be done. It can, can be can done. Be and done. I think they had the, maybe the the uh, B team in the studio that day. Yeah. And the a, the real A team microphone. On location. Lovely, yeah. Riggers. The, the other thing, obviously, look, everyone's wearing an earpiece. They have, you know, communications with the, the gallery in case there's anything, you know, breaking news or something's going wrong. At what point did they make the decision not to say not to, to Alex, in. just just say something to her, just just mention it to her? Yeah. And then some people from our drama college and everybody kind of mucked in together, you know, finding somewhere to live. So at any one time, there was at least four of us living there and then somebody else would come and live for a while and then sort of chopping and changing. And then, of course... They had again and again moments where I thought, oh, they finally stepped in. And yeah, it yeah. was just, yeah. it was like a swerve. So Alex would go, now, Jill, hang on. There's some lovely messages coming from people. Like, it's like, no, I thought you were going to stop the clanking. Yes. Tent so it's been oh, a yeah. whole Pride weekend and that. And Brilliant. Going Amazing, on. yeah. Brilliant. There was another one of those where she yeah. just hit it and she just sort of went, now, Jill, I'm going to have to say you are a big inspiration. <laughs> no, no, stop it. <laughs> and then they cut to some VT, didn't they? I thought someone's going to rush in. They're going to mute the mics, rush in, do it and rush yeah. out. No one did. This is the BBC. This is a prime time BBC show and nobody goes, it's important that we don't have a clanking, which I think when we listen to it, like just as audio, I think it might also sound like the crackling of fire. And that to me is almost like, I think it, it was decided by the, the, whoever did the sound that they wanted to conjure up the fires of hell when people are talking about homosexuality, <laughs> which <laughs> as, as Jermaine Jennings will tell you, it's a sin. It's a sin. <laughs> yes. Well, well, it was very, much like the atmosphere of when it was in it's a sin with all the fun and all the people getting together and all the sort of camaraderie and everything but it was really really pink oh, the sad God. thing is though uh, the the rise of uh, jermaine janice up to this point where he's now pro- uh, hosting a mainstream show we're all laughing about his ideas of the robot stealing pudding but this time next year, he could be David fucking Lynch. You know what I'm saying? This time next year, his meteoric rise, he could be up there with Spielberg, with Cameron. You know, we could be sitting down in the IMAX ready to watch robo-pudding stealers. The thing is, by anyone's standards, there is no way that Jermaine Jennings should be presenting a BBC primetime show. There is no way. So what is to stop him? being yeah. the most important auteur of the yeah. generation. <laughs> exactly. Because whatever he makes up his mind he's going to do, he does. Yeah. So, yeah. fair PM, fuck it. PM. Are you going to come around your house and steal all your pudding? More pudding theft. It'll be his three-part slogan as he yeah. stands for <laughs> the chancellor. I want to bring the country... I want to take the country... For- I can't even speak in the autocue. I want to take the country for... 
Two more puddings. More pudding theft. Alex, your throat's hurting. Have you tried ramming it with a pudding? (laughs) A hot cum pudding. (laughs) Oh, dear. Is it normally this disgusting? I'm so sorry. I feel like we've absolutely lowered it. You really have brought it down to a sick level, chap. I forgot to mention if we can skip back to the the pub staff shortages robots Mm. that nobody wants in a pub. The, the copy that Alex introduced it with um, referred to staff shortages at a record low. I was like, what's the point of this piece then? If the staff shortages are a record low, we're fine. <laughs> yeah. <they've> got- <laughs> Staff, they can't mean they can't have got that wrong. They can't have got mixed up with numbers record and shortages. Em- record, record employment. <laughs> well, but first, we're kicking off with a story that might give Russell a few ideas for Doctor Who. Now, according to recent news, staff shortages in the hospitality industry are at a record low. But for some companies, robots are helping to fill the gap. It is worth pointing out that they did do a non-political thing where they explained the reasons why there aren't enough people to fill the jobs all around the country. Uh, and they said some of the people went home... The people. Some of the people <laughs> went home during COVID. Yeah. We don't have foreign students like we used to. We've yeah. got Brexit. And finally, a lot of people are retiring. We just simply don't have enough people in the country to fill all the jobs across the economy that need doing. Where did those people go? Well, some of them went home over COVID. We don't have as many foreign students in the country as we used to. You've got Brexit. And finally, you've got a sort of big retirement. About half a million people across the economy have moved out of the jobs market and are no longer looking for work. And that was a real decision to just slip Brexit into the mix because Brexit is there at three. At one, some of the people went home during COVID. That's Brexit. And at number two, we don't have foreign students as we used to. That's Brexit. Also Brexit, yeah. But they were so determined not to kind of go, Brexit's been, you know, and get complaints that they go, let's break it down dishonestly and make it seem like there's a (laughs) number of factors behind it. But what I love it, I love that all the people retiring, like there's a whole tranche of 70-year-old waitresses who have gone, (laughs) right, that's it, guys. (laughs) Hanging up the old penny, I'm going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, we don't have enough people in the country to fill the jobs, they said. You know, there is something about that which is, you know, ah, it's almost as if you're going to have to, like, start paying people more giving them better hours and everything. And rather than say, this could be a really important thing for the workforce and for all of us going forward, they go, well, we'll just bring in robots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'll fucking teach you. We'll, rob- work or shy twats. Well, yeah, will robots sort it? No, they won't. Okay, thank you very much. Back to the studio. <laughs> Ten grand. I did think to myself, I might buy one. Yeah, it was pretty cheap. I mean, essentially, though, it was one of those, like an iPad stuck to one of those shopping trolleys you see old people run around in. That's <laughs> yeah. all it was. Wasn't I it? used to have, I, I, when I was a kid, I had a toy, some of us of a certain age may remember, right, called Big Track, right? Mm, and what yes. it was, was, it was a, a, it was a robot truck that you programmed, okay, that on the advert for it, dad was sitting in an armchair reading a paper and Big Track brought him an apple. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just that. That's it all was. it is. It's big it track. Yeah. Also, it's weird. They, they said they asked the fellow, didn't they, in the Chinese restaurant in the buffet restaurant place? Said, and how many how many people do you think this robot has replaced? This ten thousand pound robot. And he went, uh, seven. <laughs> <laughs> so, how many robots are you using here? Three. And how many staff would be required? to do that work otherwise? Probably around about seven. Wow. Because it looked like the slowest, <laughs> shittest robot. Like, can I imagine two of those? 
replacing 14 members of staff. How terrible were your people? You're recruiting the wrong people. (laughs) Well, three three of them have no arms. (laughs) (laughs) The last seven staff members I had, they they could dish out one meal a night. And that seems like the time to put this episode out of its misery, a misery caused solely by us having to watch The One Show. And we do it for you, dear listener. So the least you can do in return is give something back. So why not come and see us doing this live on stage at the London Podcast Festival in September? You'll find the details at kingsplace.co.uk. And yes, you can see the horrors unfold with your own eyes as Mark, myself and a special guest will be playing the clips in and then being sick into a bucket. The The One Show show live at the London Podcast festival tickets kingsplace.co.uk but while you're remembering to do that also remember this and remember it well when you look at the television to look at the one show the one show also looks back into you goodbye When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.